0: So I um, rang up this retreat place, booked a ticket on it, didn't even know what I was doing and ended up on a riverboat going down the Amazon River. Welcome to The Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate
1: you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas Global Ambassador and Entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. hi welcome to the very first episode of the power hour podcast i am so excited to introduce you to my very first guest i really wanted to start with somebody who inspires me someone who has a wealth of knowledge and experience to share and someone that lives their life with purpose and passion so today's guest certainly ticks all of those boxes she is a success coach an author motivational speaker master of meditation and so much more the wonderful Jody Shield. Hello, Jody. Welcome to the podcast. Wow, well, welcome! I'm so happy to have you here.
0: Wow. Well, I'm so. feeling very zen because I just stepped out of my first morning meditation. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling very at one with myself. Amazing. So, Master oh. of Meditations was ex- an excellent title. Thank you yeah. so much. Yes, <laughs> I can't wait to get into it. So, so today I really want to talk
1: to you about your journey so far. I know your book, Life Tonic, is a modern day toolkit to help you heal your life and soothe your soul but long before your career in wellness you worked for over a decade in corporate advertising in london so i read in a stylist magazine article that you described this time as feeling like a round peg in a square hole and that you felt like you didn't fit in so i'd love to talk to you more today about how you felt at that time in your life and how you ultimately that brought you to the one day when you decided to quit your job and book a one-way flight to south america wow I want to know how you discovered your purpose and how that brought you to doing what you do now. Basically, Jodie, I want to know it all. Are you ready?
0: Wow, this girl's <laughs> done her research. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. So are you ready? Yes, I am ready. When, I, I suppose like when we go to university, I don't think anyone really knows what they want to do. And you kind of end up falling into a career that, Either calls you in, or there's someone there on a career day advertising it, or there's, there's you just kind of fall into something. And, I, and I've, I've, uh, this is very common with so many people. So I ended up in an advertising career, and you know, before I got into that career, it w- it, it just looked so glamorous. It was like, yeah, I'm going to work with all these brands and like Nike and like all these kind of brands and it's going to be so much fun. And then actually, when you get into it, the reality of it is it's not like that at all. <laughs> and you end up working or at the time when I was working in advertising, it was a very um, male dominated industry and as a woman, I was very, very insecure at that time. And um, I suppose very triggered by uh, m- like very kind of m- male dominated energy and m- males bossing me m- bossing women around that that is kind of sorry if any guys that are listening, but in advertising, but that is generally what advertising is like or was like and it brought up a lot of insecurity within me. It triggered me a lot, uh, triggered a lot of fears inside me, triggered my imposter syndrome, which is, you know, where you're kind of in this job and you're wondering, how am I here? Like, I'm I'm not qualified to be here. I'm not good enough to be here. So there were so many limiting beliefs and fears that were triggered in that environment. And I actually ended up um, manifesting illness um, you know the stress levels really um, rose up in my body and I ended up being very ill and just I kind just kept getting ill over and over again and kind of wondering what was going on and what was what was happening to my immune system, why I was so low all the time. And also, I was extremely disconnected from myself. So I didn't really understand who I was as a person, what lit me up, what what I vibed off, what excited me. I'd lost that spark. Mm. And I think when you lose that spark, it's, you know, it's so demoralizing and just so sad. And so I remember lying in bed, um... I was kind of in bed ill for a week with stress but whatever it was a cold at the time whatever I was calling it and I just felt so low and this little like voice inside my head was was saying to me like is this it? Like, this is it. This is it, babe, because you don't know anything else. Like, how are you going to, you know, this is it forever. Like, you're never going to advance to anything. You know, you're just going to have to be stuck in this advertising career forever. This is it. And I just felt so depressed mm. in that moment. I was thinking, like, God, this is it. What am I going to do? And then I... um remember just thinking about uh, traveling, like suddenly my mind just drifted off, it started dayd- I started daydreaming and I was thinking about like traveling and uh, how I'd never taken a gap year in uni and, and then suddenly this like, inner, inner light just kind of like switched on and I just felt a little bit different, a little bit better. And I was like, oh, this is so interesting. I'm thinking about like traveling and exploring and adventuring, but I can't possibly do that because I'm stuck in an ad career. And so, and then, yeah, one thing led to another. And I just thought, well, why can't I do this? Of course I can. I I mean, what is the alternative? I stay stuck where I am and uh, never find anything else or, you know, never explore what's going on outside this world. And so I ended up booking... um, a one-way ticket to South America uh, with no clue about what I was going to yeah. find there or what the hell I was doing, really, doing, going there. I just knew that I had to get, get out and South America was somewhere that really appealed. So I went to South America and traveling around with different friends, different friends came out to visit me. And then this one friend, she said to me, um, oh, hey, are you going to go to Peru when you're here in South America? And I was like definitely but I haven't really figured anything out and she said well if you do go to Peru you need to go to this place in the jungle there's this place in the jungle people go they go to heal themselves they go and they've experienced big trauma in their lives and you really need to go to this place I don't know what they do there but you need to go and I was <laughs> like okay well it sounds fun and it feels good so sure Send me the website. So she sent me the website and I sent it to my mum and I said, Mum, can you just um have a look at this because I don't have time to read it or whatever I said at the time. And my mum read it and she said, Well, it looks good, you know. If you want to go do this, then I'll pay for you to go and do it. And I thought, well, wow. there's a green light, great. I'm yeah. just gonna do it. It's got mum's validation. So I um, rang up this retreat place, booked a ticket on it, didn't even know what I was doing and ended up um, on a riverboat going down the Amazon River surrounded by like Hollywood stars. There were Hollywood stars there, there was um, pro sports players there, there were yogis, there were you know there was me, this girl from Liverpool and I was thinking like what uh, how am I here, like what am I doing here. Anyway I got off the riverboat and I met the um, the, in, the the indigenous tribe that I was gonna be working in inverted commas with, but I had no idea what I was gonna be working on. But um, anyway, we went into this experience and it turns out that I was signed up to take ayahuasca, which is a um, plant wow. hallucinogenic. I have heard a lot about this.
1: <laughs> uh, you couldn't be further from London, like literally on the Amazon River. I've heard a lot about ayahuasca, so yeah, tell us more. Yeah.
0: So it's a psychoactive brew and the indigenous people have been um, taking it or dieting it for um, millions of years and it basically taps into the subconscious part of the brain and it helps you... uh, Tap into trauma that you buried in your psyche that you don't have access to anymore, and it brings it up to the surface, and you basically process it and release it. Now, this is seven and a half years ago, I had this experience, and nobody in London was talking about ayahuasca. Like, there was, there was you know, and I'm, my friends are quite pioneering people, so they usually jump on things sooner than anyone else, but no one was talking about it. So I had no idea what I was getting myself in for, which is probably a good thing in hindsight because. I had no time to worry about it or overanalyze. I just landed in the experience. And so, yeah, that changed my life forever because it it allowed me to um, to really open up to all possibilities. It allowed me to realize that everything is possible. It allowed me to see how much my mind had been holding me back in life and how, you know, we are not our mind. <laughs> We're so much more and it really it gave me an ultimatum and it said you know and i say it said it really did feel like i was communicating with with something it said you know well this is the choice you either stay where you are or you it's like the matrix you take the blue pill or the green mm-hmm. pill or the red pill red pill blue pill which one do you want to take so it was basically like an invitation to kind of go into an evolution of myself and you know to, to completely change my life and that is exactly what happened
1: Wow. Amazing. It's so fascinating. Honestly, hearing you say that journey, that story, as you said, just being so brave and so bold. So many people, I'm sure, can relate to what you said about feeling like oh you know wouldn't it be great to go traveling wouldn't it be great to actually go to that place that I've I've seen other people or I've seen you know whatever but they don't actually do it they don't actually book that ticket they don't walk into their job and quit their job so yeah I acknowledge you for that because that was incredibly brave so I want you to talk to us about when you came back so obviously you've had this life-changing experience as you described you come back to London and you know what was that like because as you said at the time then I think now you know everyone's talking about meditation and you know gratitude and breathing and there's all these things, but I don't think it was like that then, right? So how did people
0: respond when you first came back to London to your your new ideas? Oh my gosh, it was so interesting because I didn't even know who I was. So I was thinking, well, no one's gonna really be able to relate to me anymore. So what had happened before I went is that all my friends were involved in clubbing and raving and they all had, we had like DJ friends and it was, that's what we did. And so, you know, I, I gave up Everything, alcohol, like meat, like everything. I just gave it up and I gave up my party lifestyle. So when I came back to London, I was like, well, I don't know who my friends are and I don't know who who I'm gonna be friends with. And so I basically let loads of people go out of my life and decluttered my whole social circle. And um, yeah, and then came back into London really with no clue about what I was going to be doing except for this like prophecy that had been told from this indigenous tribe that I was going to be a, a, a doctor. They told me I was going to be a doctor. They told me that I was going to, you know, cure people. And, um, and so I had this kind of, um, this kind of like, I don't know, like a, a le- almost like a legacy that they'd given me and uh, that I had to find my way to, um, and I had no idea how to do that or, you know, how it was going to work or how it was going to unfold. And so the only thing I guess I could do was just to, I guess, trust the process, trust the process, surrender, and just know that it would unfold in its own time. And that's huge, because I'm a very impatient person. Mm -hmm. So trying to tell me to be patient is huge. So yeah, and then I came back and went back into advertising, working for smaller entrepreneurial agencies, hoping that it would be different, which of course it wasn't because I would changed so much that I just didn't fit into that lifestyle anymore. So behind the scenes, I started retraining in different tools, meditation, techniques, Um, started reading loads of books, going to lots of workshops, just really absorbing all the knowledge and wisdom and insights and teachings that I could possibly lay my hands on. And then I um, very slowly started just having conversations with people, which was really fun because nobody knew what meditation was. Nobody knew what, you know, exactly. People were just like, or or isn't, or isn't that just a bit, where isn't that a bit out there? And I was like, well, not really meditate. Like I'd I'd been with all these people in the States in the ayahuasca experience. I'd be like, meditation is the thing. Everyone's doing it. Like we're way behind. We're like five years behind (laughs) of this movement and it's going to happen. And yeah, no one was really listening to what I had to say, but it was really interesting because I used to hang out a lot in, um, in Shoreditch House which for you international listeners I'm sure there's going to be lots of international listeners listening um, it's a members club in London that a lot of advertising people go to so I was hanging out there quite a bit and it's a very lovely space to be able to have intimate conversations with people and so i was just opening up conversations just being like hey do you know what meditation is have you ever done it before and do you know what healing is do you know what's being spiritual is and i was just like dropping these word bombs to see (laughs) what would happen um and then Quite quickly, I was asked to guest speak on um, on a panel at Shoreditch House, at an, an event at this, like, at Shoreditch House, which is a, a members club, uh, and, and I just kind of, I was just, I just went for it, I just stood up and I shared my whole ayahuasca experience, <laughs> and I think people were just, like, half you know, scared, terrified by what I was saying, very intrigued. And then the response was so overwhelming that actually they asked me, they said, would you come back and do like regular events here? And I'm like, on what? They're like, well, we just want you to come and do events here. And I was like, okay, well I could do meditation. They're like, yeah. I was like, I could do like an inspirational talk. They were like, yeah. So that's how it started. And then from that, Suddenly, brands, people that work for brands, would come and see me. And I remember like getting booked for my first Nike job. And I got booked for, to work with Nike within a year of me six months, eight months of me working on my own thing. And it was actually to go and uh, work with the leadership team in Nike and work with them, teach them mindfulness techniques, teach them meditation, um, teach them about slowing down and and it was just such a surreal experience because I'm like in the middle of London, the city centre, in Nike's head office and I was like, whoa, this is crazy and so it kind of snowballed from that really. So people are
1: obviously needed what you were saying and they and think now as you said it's crazy to think that people were like meditation what now i feel like you can't escape it you know it's like being told to everybody you should meditate meditate like this meditate like that there's different apps there's different resources there's different courses you know all these things so i guess you you had the experience you started learning like you said and started working with other people and i don't know had you always had like an entrepreneurial spirit to kind of create your own work because now essentially you've created a whole brand you know you coach different people you're an entrepreneur you've got your you know and all that you know all these things it's like did you always have that entrepreneurial spirit and how did you I guess make it a business?
0: So interesting because I'm from a family of entrepreneurs effectively my parents have always had their own businesses but they always said to me growing up never ever work for yourself ever always work for someone else always and you know you always kind of well I did the opposite in that case but the entrepreneurial, blood I guess was in my veins and so I couldn't not do it and I was never real really one to to want to follow rules anyway so yeah I think um, this whole you know it's so interesting because if you look at the social media scene as well and all of the influences we, we kind of we're in this generation of millennials of entrepreneurial millennials mm. we have these incredibly powerful resources available to us. So it's kind of easy to be, um, you know, it's, it's it's easy to get into that entrepreneurial space. Sure. What isn't easy is to address limiting beliefs and fears that are holding you back. Absolutely. But the, the resources are available. So if you have that inherently built into you, then it is, um, you know, the landscape is ripe for entrepreneurialism at the moment. And it's been very interesting for me in my uh, career now because I've taken so much inspiration from the states because I've had to because there isn't much inspiration in doing what I do specifically in London or in the UK. Mm-hmm. There's obviously loads of inspiration in in um, food and eating and uh, exercise and but in terms of you know coaching and being more spiritual and looking at things in a holistic way and really you know un- understanding us on many different levels. There isn't that body of work available in the UK so I've had to really take inspiration from the states and you know the states are I'd say four years ahead of us and what we're doing probably five but four and they have incredible people over there doing amazing things and opening up this work to um, mass mass audiences and using digital marketing methods to do so and it's just opened me up to a whole new world of you know uh work and um philanthropy even and understanding how when you create a product and service it has to have that thread of uh you know having a charity partner and giving back and that's really important to me and so yeah I guess my my work's really evolved over five it's only been five and a half years but I started off being a one-to-one practitioner and I had a clinic in Seeing people going through trauma, like the you know, tsunami survivors and people wanting to find love and, you know, people with blockages in many different areas. I was really working with people to help them release the blockages, to help them release trauma and emotions and everything. And that was amazing because I always say that was my my time in like the trenches because I was literally like an A&E doctor at some stages I had to like roll my sleeves up and it was just literally a conveyor belt of people coming in you know just either having seen therapists for years and not having got anywhere or I'm their last resort or you know it you know the traditional um, medicine model hasn't served them like it was just you know incredibly intense and incredibly um Powerful, and I learned so much about seeing one-to-one people. I worked with thousands of clients during that time, and then, um, and then I realised that actually my, I'm going to say my sole purpose, my 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 purpose on a soul level, on a deep level, was 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 more, and and it had to be scalable, and I had to reach more people. And so, you know, learning the power of like digital marketing and. you know, membership models like Netflix and programmes and how to do those really effectively has been absolutely invaluable, helping me get out to to more people. And, you know, I really really feel like I'm only just getting started, you know. I really do feel like I'm only just getting started after five years. I'm excited to see what you've got next because, you know, it sounds you know
1: like you said a lot of pressure it sounds kind of you know daunting to think okay these people are coming to you it's the last resort you know that's a lot of pressure and so I know how passionate you are personally I know how passionate you are about helping people and I think the more you can scale the more people that can hear you speak your guided meditations come to your workshops just be around you and soak it up the better so I'm happy to see yeah see where it goes next Oh, <music> Okay, so I want to talk to you now about the power hour. So my power hour. Do you know about my power hour? I love your power hour. Okay, great. So my power hour is very early in the morning. And yeah, I know how I start my day often with exercise. But the reason it's so early for me personally is because it's, you know, there's no distractions. I'm not, um, Jude's still in bed. My son's still in bed. So there's lots of reasons that my power hour is so early. And yeah, exercise for me just literally wakes me up, gets me going. So I'd love to know more about your power hour if you have one first of all what time did you wake up today and what's the first thing that you do when you wake up
0: wow awesome i love mornings i haven't always loved mornings but i love mornings because it is the way that you start the day it it basically influences the rest of the day that you're going to have it sets your mind in it it affects your mindset it affects your nervous system it affects your energy levels there are so many reasons why it's important to have this power hour or early morning um so absolutely every morning i'm up at usually between 6 30 and 6 45 and i will wake up so i used to meditate first thing and what i found was that i wouldn't always get into the right headspace for meditation okay do
1: well, you have an alarm
0: so the 6 thing do you have an alarm I do. And do you hit snooze or are you like, no, no, okay. no, no, I definitely do not hit snooze. I know that that's not the way to go. <laughs> so um, I have an alarm and I wake up and then, yeah, what I realized with the meditation is that it's, you know, it's, it's good. It's really effective to go into meditation first thing, but you don't always feel like it when you wake up in the morning because sometimes you've had a crazy night's sleep. Sometimes you're feeling a bit anxious Sometimes you're still half asleep processing stuff from the day before. Sometimes you're still processing the food that you've eaten late at night. And so what I do, first of all, I'm going to ask you to do it with me. Okay. Is I have this four, four point tapping routine. So you, you know me, Adrienne, and some of you listening may know me if you do, you'll know that I'm super, super passionate about tapping. So tapping is an incredibly powerful self-help technique. And it basically works by tapping on different acupressure points around the body. If you've had acupuncture, then you'll be familiar with the acupressure points. But essentially, we have masses of acupressure points all over our body and they correspond to different um, organs there are different energy lines going to different organs Um, our whole system is a network of energy lines essentially and so tapping um, on different points It helps wake up your energy body it helps wake up your nervous system it helps tap into your um, different organs in the body that need to be activated in the morning for example your stomach for example your spleen um, for example your immune system and so um, there are so many different tapping techniques that you can do but I'm just going to teach you a very simple one so when you're wherever you're listening right now please join in with us as well so if you um, look at your hands and then just fold your thumb into your like little finger into your thumb so that you look like you're saluting and you should have three fingers of each hand remaining so if you just now take those fingers hands to the cheekbones and just tap on your cheekbones just below the eye you can just tap there so the this point is directly related to this stomach meridian and so I dig some nice deep breath in at the same time so So I tap about 20 times on this point.
1: This feels good. And I can imagine this would feel good first thing in the morning. Yeah. To like wake up your face. Like, do you know what I mean? Slowly wake
0: you up. Totally. So, and don't be afraid to tap like a little bit harder as well. You're more robust than you think. So the next point is called your K27. So if you just... um, Trace your fingers to the bottom of your U-bone. So where you would tie, where a man would tie a bow tie, or if you're a woman and you wear a tie, then you tie a tie there. If you trace your fingers to the bottom of that U-bone and then move your fingers up to where the knobbly bit is before it joins the clavicle, the collarbone, then just slide the fingers down and you'll find a fleshy part just below. So don't get too heady with this. Don't worry too much about where it is. Just start tapping there. So this point is called your K27 and it's basically related to your immune system. So if like me, you woke up a little bit throaty this morning, it's really good to tap on this point because it taps into the immune system and it helps you feel really good if you've got a cold in the morning or if you're feeling a bit tired and lethargic. So that's point number two. And then you breathe at the same time. Okay, the next point, which you're going to absolutely love, Adrienne, is the happiness point, yes. or the thymus gland. So if you um, look at where you're, like, take your writing hand, so for me it's the right hand, I bunch it into a fist, and I start knocking on my heart centre. So just betwe- in the middle of the breastbone here, this is your thymus gland. So your thymus gland is directly related to well-being. Uh, it promotes it promotes immunity as well, um, hormones. Um, it's, that's why it's called the happiness gland. So if you just knock on there twenty times, and again take some nice deep breaths in and out while you're doing it. Okay. So the final point I'm going to teach you is the spleen. So basically, if you uh, take both hands and then just start tapping on the rib cage so your left hand is tapping on the left rib cage and the right hand is tapping on the right rib cage so this point might be a little bit tender and the reason for that is that it's basically corresponding or it's it's linked to the spleen and the spleen is a place where we hold a lot of anger res, resentment resistance frustration it's where we dump emotion so If you tap and you have uh, tenderness, then just keep tapping. It just means you have some blocks going on in there. So, And then again, you just really breathe in and breathe out and then just drink lots of water. So then after that um, tapping routine, you will feel...
1: How do you feel? I feel awake. I mean, I love, as you said, all of those things. And I think, you know, kind of moving your body in any way. I think a physical thing is really good because it switches you on to something. And I like the fact you said 20 because I think if you just do something for a while and you're not conscious about it, but even having 20, I think, yeah, just kind of switching on both the mind and the body and kind of being like, okay, I'm out of bed. I'm awake. I'm doing this. So, so the tapping thing. How long would you
0: say it takes? And do you do it every day? Or yes. just every, every day? day. Every Five day. minutes, seven minutes, and you can do it sitting up in bed. So okay. if you're if you find it hard to actually get out of bed in the morning, but you, you're fine to like open your eyes, it's a really good way of just kind of, it's like it it helps you with the transition of getting up. So okay. for me, it's a very important time of day the moment you open your eyes. Because the moment you open your eyes and you come out into the world is the moment the mind switches on and you start worrying about stuff. So there's a period of time before you go and do something, and I think that it's really important to, to interrupt that period of time—the first, first period of time. So as soon as I open my eyes, I'm tapping, and it's such a natural reaction now because it's it's such a it's a it's a behavior. It's it's a positive behavior. It's a positive pattern. So I'm tapping. I'm tapping and tapping, um, and I'm not necessarily going. Oh my gosh, I've got to do twenty. I'm just tapping. I'm just tapping. Mm. I just know I need to do that, and then I'm like awake. Okay, cool. And then I'm going to go and have like a hot water, and then I'm going to go and do my meditation. for 20 minutes half an hour then I'm going to go and do some journaling and then I'm good to go and and sometimes I read a script out on my phone as well so I very much believe in the power of positive words mm-hmm. and positive words carrying this positive energy charge which is very good for again um, setting you up for the day so I've written out a script I call it like a life script of how I want to feel when I wake up in the morning of how I want to feel doing what I do of how I want to feel about different events that I've got going on how I want to feel in terms of my my bank account (laughs) I love talking about money how I want it in a in a good way I just believe you know I just want to spread this positive energy around all aspects of our life so I read that out and that that I I really really want to do that every day but sometimes Mm -hmm. because it's the last thing it's it happens every other day but I kind of feel like the life script is probably the most important thing so if I don't have if I only have time for either meditation or the script I would usually choose the script it's funny because six months ago I would have said oh no it's all about meditation it's all about meditation and It is all about meditation, but when you've been meditating every day and you're a very experienced meditator, you don't actually need to meditate every day. Um, Many of us use meditation to... know as a solution to our anxiety that's actually not what meditation is meant for meditation is meant for you to quieten everything down and to be able to listen to that intuition that voice of intuition inside that instinct that that inbuilt gps that we have that that's what meditation's for it's not necessarily as a way of relieving anxiety even though it's very very effective at that so yeah, I don't necessarily need to meditate every morning, um, but I would more, I would, yeah, I prefer to read my life script and get me into that positive space amazing
1: wow well i hope people are feeling inspired to wake up to start tapping your husband my husband might look at me in the morning what are you doing okay so oh my goodness so many things so i'm gonna kind of bring it towards a close because unfortunately i feel like we are coming towards the end but i've got two questions that i would like to finish with being time poor is an issue for lots of people so if we only have one hour what should we be
0: doing more of in that hour and what should we be doing less of such an interesting question Can I just start by saying that I just want to address this whole lack of time, you know, concept that we have in our minds, Mm. because it starts from the moment we wake up, we look at the alarm clock and we start going into this whole, I haven't had enough sleep. And so we constantly feel like we're chasing time. And that's why being present and learning to just exist in this moment right now is such an important practice because you realize when you're in this moment, in this frame of mind, you realize that this is it. This is it. It's not about what am i doing for dinner. It's not about what I'm doing tomorrow. This is where it's all happening right here in this moment. So that's just what I wanted to say first of all. And then what I would do with the hour is I would really put me at the center of that hour. And it's funny because as soon as I say that, I know I'm going to trigger people by saying put you first because many people relate that to being selfish or that's what their mind is telling them it relates to but actually we're at the center of our world of our universe we are very powerful creators we if we want to change something if we want to improve our lives in some way we need to focus on ourselves and understand what we are putting out in the world that we don't like so the first step to doing that is simply by prioritizing yourself. So I'd say that that hour it is about prioritizing yourself. It is about sitting down with a journal. It is about writing out some things. It's about understanding how you feel. It's just about reconnecting back to yourself. And for everyone that's listening that has kids and families and obligations and relationships and a massive thing, massive to do list. I'm not suggesting that, you know, you have this hour and, and you know, it's, it's you know, I, I could, you know, you might be thinking, well, you're sitting here and you have that time and I don't have children yet. But the, the point is, is that it's that oxygen mask analogy. We need to regenerate our own energy first in order to give to others. And that's just like really, really important. So that 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 hour is to be spent on you, is to be spent on nourishing you, recharging your energy, relaxing, building your reserves back up so that you can go back into the world in a brighter way. What not to do with your hour is <laughs> worry. Wow. We are a nation of worry bags and it's so funny because I ran a meditation this morning and it was amazing and it was like loads of people it must about had about 100 people there and then someone at the end he just came out and he was you know he all he was doing was just stuck in his mind and just worrying the whole time and couldn't understand why he was in it and I just said well you know sometimes we just are in the mind and that's okay we just have to be okay with where we are at at this one time and You know, we can't force ourselves to stop worrying because if we try and do that, we wrap even more resistance around the worry and it it, it expands and it grows. We are, we have these incredible minds. They are incredible. It's just that we've become slaves to them. And actually, if we start to really honor the mind for what it is and, you know, start to, to train it a little bit more, start to practice meditation, start to have a little bit more discipline with the mind, um, start to pro- program it in terms of like journaling and other positive activities, then we'll understand how to work more in harmony with that amazing, amazing organ rather than being imprisoned by it. So yeah, stop worrying. Stop worrying about things that will never happen. Yeah. <laughs> will never happen. So I think, yeah, Don't worry. Yeah, it's really
1: interesting. (laughs) And I love what you said at the beginning about starting off by being like, who, where's this time obsession? You know what? It's what I hear the most. I think because I, working in the fitness space, working with, um, I mentor people. What I hear is, I don't have time, Adrienne. I don't have time to do that. Oh, I want to read this book. I didn't have time. Oh, I'd love to start running. I don't have time. You know, I hear that so much, which is why the Power Hour, I'm hoping people are going to get, yeah, these incredible insights and ideas into going actually, I can create time. It doesn't have to be this certain way. Do you know so, what's
0: amazing? Yeah. When I started practicing presence, and sorry if, if I'm going a bit woo woo for people, but I'm going to try and keep it super simple. I'm all about super <laughs> simple, relatable, practical. That's what I'm about. So, When I started practicing presence, and all I mean by that is just being in the present moment. It's so hard to do, guys. I have to say it's so hard. But, you know, you just, you can build it up. You could do it for five minutes, then 10 minutes, then 15 minutes, then 20 minutes, then an hour, and then two hours. And, oh my gosh, you've done it on the whole train ride, which is three hours. And being present, it's like this realization that you're in one frame, And for those of you that work in like film or TV or advertising or whatever, you'll totally get what I mean by that. There's no like 20 frames or a gazillion frames. There's just one frame. You're just, you're in this space of, there's just one space. It's one space. And yes, you might say, yeah, but then the, you know, the night comes and then we go to sleep and yes, we do, but it's one frame. It's still one frame. There's not multiple different frames. And you'll if you if you start reading books on this you'll totally get what I mean but you know I just wanted to share that time and worrying about time goes away and so some of the great spiritual teachers will say time doesn't exist that's a really hard (laughs) one to get your head around (laughs) isn't it time doesn't exist just throw out the window but what they mean is that when you're in the present moment it's it it doesn't exist it's all one thing Hmm. Does that make I mean, sense? Kind of. But I also think I'm somebody...
1: I'm not really... Uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I feel like it would feel amazing totally. to feel that. It does. But I don't want to nod my head and be like, yes. Because honestly, I am kind of... I like structure. I like time. I like to know, okay, totally. between this time and this time, I'm doing this. I'm quite um, disciplined with my time. Yeah. Otherwise, I get distracted and I get, you know... Um, yeah, I think I, I need to think about that. Okay, so my last closing question, which I'm hoping to ask everyone, is... I believe time is the most valuable currency that we have. I genuinely believe that you can get your money back, but you can never get your time back. So, what is the most valuable
0: lesson that time has taught you? You know, the the the, the fear of time yep. has taught me to be more present. Nice. So, I'm so grateful for time for teaching me that yeah. because it's um yeah, it's just it's taught me how to let go of it actually and how to just exist in this in this moment because Again, I'm quoting probably someone very famous here, but I say, but this moment is all we have because the past has gone. We don't know what's happening in the future it hasn't been created yet. Yep. This is what we have right here. Yep. So I think that's the biggest, biggest gift of time. And that's how I that's I suppose that's how I respect time as well mm-hmm. and the whole concept of it.
1: I love that I love that and to be honest it used to overwhelm me when I'd hear that like you can't plan the future it's really unpredictable but now it excites me as you said I yeah I totally love that it's been amazing to hear your story but also to hear more about you know everything that you do and I I love it so if people who are listening are loving it as much as me where can they hear more from you where can they find you online and in real life so
0: head to Instagram at Jody Shield, J-O-D-Y-S-H-I-E-L-D. You can head to my website at JodyShield.co.uk, And they're the two main places where I hang out. Also, you're launching your very own podcast. I am. It's called She's Electric and it's going to be out by the time this podcast is aired. So please go to the website and you can see it on the homepage or you can check the link in Instagram. It's called She's Electric. Wow, can't wait to... I'll be tuning in. You're going to be on it. I am going to be on it. Yay! And so what I'd like
1: to also ask everyone to do at home is to... I'm going to start introducing this Power Hour Challenge. So I'd like you to set the challenge this week. And this doesn't mean you have to do it every single day. You might just want to try it once. For me, maybe the tapping thing, but uh the challenge is essentially to just try something you know just try one thing in the morning when you first wake up and if you are getting involved then let me know you can reach out to me on social or to Jody and let us know using the hashtag power hour so what's the
0: challenge going to be for this week Okay, I think one thing, let's break down tapping into one point. Okay. Um, just take your writing hand, the dominant hand, and just tap on the thymus gland, the happiness gland in the morning, the heart center. Okay. Just tap on that 20 times, taking some really nice, big, deep breaths in and out. And I would love for you to do that every day for seven days. Guys. Every day for seven days. You know what? I'm actually going to try and like. It sounds
1: silly, but because I wake up and I already have my routine and my habits, I can imagine me just going up. You know, putting some cold water on my face, pulling on my leggings and my trainers. I'll be like, oh, I forgot to do it. So I'm going to set a reminder or something near my bed, something to remind me. I'm going to try it for the next seven days. I'm going to tap in the mornings, and I'm going to let you know how I get on. Awesome! And guys, please let us know. We'd love to hear. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jodie. You're the best.
0: Thank you so much. So
1: that's it, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. And please share it with a friend if you think somebody would benefit from hearing Jody's message. Make sure that you subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. See ya.